Hello, hello, hello. Mitchell Lee here with you alongside Brandon Two and Howie Collings on the second episode of Press Play Action on Jersey Nerds Productions. 2023 has come and it has gone. And so now we're here to not recap the year that was. We already did that. We're going to give our top 10 and bottom 10 movies of 2023. We've done this before. It's always a fun exercise. I feel like we've gotten a lot more this year than in the last few years in both directions. We've had some stinkers. We've had some movies that were just absolutely incredible. Brandon and Howie, I know that... Brand, first of all, Brandon, I know you've seen like 500 movies this year, and people have probably heard of about maybe 60 of them. So I can't wait to see your worst list, because your best list, I think, we're, we kind of share the same brain. But Howie, we don't share the same brain. So I'm curious. <laughs> I, I can't wait there's for a Howie's lot. list, honestly. There, there's a lot there. Uh, I mean, I kind of gave a little bit of a teaser of my top five. However, my top five recently got shaken up. So mm, I, mm, there's there's some there's mm. some changes on there. So we'll we'll talk more about it, but it's gonna be interesting. However, before we get started, we gotta pour one out for not the dead homies, but just the homie that couldn't join us. That being Joshua Kornmeyer. Uh he usually joins us for these top ten lists. So I am going to, before we get started, I'm gonna do his top ten list for him because I'm looking at his letterboxed oh. right now. Oh and I'm gonna he... expose this man for the fact that he saw twenty movies in 2023 so this man was doing it, it other might things. be light it might be light he might just not have logged everything but yeah and you'll be able to tell how light it is by the fact that number 10 is fast x no okay no no okay Hold okay on. no no, no. Let, let him cook let Hold him cook on. fast x is 23rd movie of the year for me i know we're not going past 20, ah, i thought i thought i thought you might 24, have 24 for me right exactly so. <laughs> so so that's valid on josh's part top 10 love it i've got see. it at number 44 so uh, you're a i hater, did like the so. movie but it's number 44 i just said i like the movie <laughs> you dumbass uh all right see the hate the hatred's already flowing number nine <laughs> he's got barbie okay okay cook all right so that's that's a that's a solid entry right there i can i can appreciate that number eight elemental i know he came out of that one singing its praises he saw it before any of us which was a rarity in 2023 so uh josh had to stick his neck out for elemental since i already gave fast x a shout out uh 24th best movie of the year for me so you're talking about elemental yeah, yeah elemental yeah. was number 30 for me so nice 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 still pretty good then he had the iron claw at number seven okay seems so kind of low for the 20 movies he saw but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think he'll be appreciative because he you know his top six is pretty good but number six is the creator okay. very divisive movie in 2023 but those who okay. loved it loved it and josh um, was definitely on that side I don't want to spoil anyone's list, but is it on anyone else's list? Uh, I'm not going to no. spoil anyone else's list, so I'm not going to mention whether it is. Okay, online okay, or not. okay. Well, well I'll, I'll save my the creator talk because I I rewatched it thinking it might get into my top ten, and it fell to like my sixtieth favorite movie this year or fiftieth. That's movie crazy. This year. <laughs> that's um, a I, I have some um I have some uh opinions about it. Um, yeah. 
Anyway. Number five was John Wick Chapter 4, a movie that Josh and I had the pleasure of seeing together about a week before it came out. Glad to see it represented on his list. Number four was uh, Oppenheimer, the second half of the Barbie Oppenheimer phenomenon. Okay. Number three, another movie that Josh and I saw together, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Okay. We can get very high on the list. All right. I mean, that's high. All right. We love it. Number two was Guardians of the Galaxy Volume okay. 3. Okay. This man is cooking. All right. Okay. I, I would disagree with the uh, the cooking analogy. I think he burnt down the kitchen. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm not a big Guardians fan. It is number, let's let's see, how low can it go? 54 on the list. Wow. And his number one movie, <laughs> to the surprise of no one really, Spider-Man. Across yeah. the Spider Verse, Joshua Cornmeyer's number one movie. It combines two things he loves: superheroes and animation. So hard yeah. to deny that. So yeah, Joshua, we miss you. You're not dead, but you kind of were at the movies this year. You only saw twenty, so you weren't really. <laughs> he said alive. he's hoping to change it this year, so we're if hoping he, he's going to be. If he back. did a bottom ten of, of the year. Fast X would be his number 10. It'd be both yeah. in his top 10 and his bottom 10. Hey, it's on both <laughs> sides, so he always comes out on top. So <laughs> Something like that. All right, so enough with the people who aren't here. Let's get to the people who are here. Brandon, the floor is yours. 10 through 6, plus any honorable mentions you want to throw out there. Uh, yeah, let's just throw out some honorable mentions uh, before we get started. Um John Wick 4, loved it. Action sequences, uh, awesome. Um, I'm going to give it a, that's my 17th uh, favorite movie of the year. Um, just absolutely sick movie. Uh, one that I would put in the same uh, range as uh, John Wick 4 for me, uh, Creed 3. Um, yeah, uh, Michael B. Jordan's uh, directorial debut, uh, absolutely fantastic. Um, the the sequence, uh, the... The ring entrances in this movie might top some of the ring entrances in the other movies, and the other movies are very high. They're always um, good. In terms of, yeah, always yeah. good. Uh, the Dodger Stadium one was absolutely lit. I don't like the Dodgers. Uh, yeah. Um, as a as a baseball fan, um, I'm 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 a, I'm a Braves fan. Um, I'm not really as big of a Braves Ooh, fan as them. I used to be. Um, because of my job, but uh, that Dodgers uh, uh entrance where they come out of the dugouts is just absolutely electric. Uh, See, one I of the best the scenes Mexican I've seen all guy. year. Yeah, that's fair. That, no, that's, was, that was a good one too. That was a that was a fire one as well. Uh, all fire around in terms of the being entrances always are. Um, with the Creed movies, but yeah, Michael B. Jordan's uh directorial debut, awesome. Um, I'll go ahead and mention some movies that probably won't be on people's uh people's top tens. Um. I really liked Pneumonia. I know we mentioned that as a surprise. Pneumonia, um, not pneumonia. Sorry, sorry, pneumonia. <laughs> you um, saw the damn movie. Yeah, I saw the movie. That's that's awful. I'm like, that's probably one of the I, worst pronunciations. I love pneumonia. Yeah, yeah. That's probably one of the worst pronunciation uh, mistakes that's pretty ever bad. made. Um, that's pretty bad. 15th, 15th best movie of the year for me. Uh, absolute surprise. Uh, I really liked it. I liked the animation. I thought, I thought the animation was... Uh, it was like... Uh, Kind of sketchbook esque, uh, kind of looked a little like drawy, but um, I was always here for it. Um, and as you mentioned with Blue Sky, like 
I'm actually kind of glad they like allowed them to finish that movie and put it on Netflix because it ended up being yeah. a really big surprise of the year. Um, another one for me, and this is probably just because uh, him as an actor, uh, Taron Egerton in uh, Tetris. Um, he carries that movie mm. for me. Um, that movie I is really, that. really awesome. It's a really good movie. Yeah. But uh, Edgerton is 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 the goat of that movie. Like he just carries I'm kind it. Of surprised that didn't make your list. Maybe it's just because yeah. you've been talking it up all year because it came out in like March or April. But yeah, I finally yeah. got around to watching it, and I did really. It won't be on my list, but I did really like it. It was a, a good time, and Taron Edgerton's phenomenal. Yeah, fourteenth uh, best movie of the year for me. Um, I'll I'll leave the other ones because I'm pretty sure they're on people's top tens. Um, if they're not, um, so I'll, I'll leave the rest of them, but that's 14, 15, uh, 16 and 17. And then I had evil dead rise at 18, really good horror movie. Um, I'm not, I don't really have a much, uh, much outside of that, um, that other people probably won't have on their list. So, uh, number 10 for me, um, are you there? God, it's me, Margaret. And nice. I thought this movie was not going to make my list after I basically proclaimed to Mitchell halfway through the year that there was no way this movie wasn't going to make my list um yeah i remember that yeah this movie was awesome the acting is just unbelievable um acting job by uh abby Ryder of fortson as a uh, margaret is just incredible honestly we probably should get her an oscar nomination she won't get one but i this is the most underrated movie of the year and people are sleeping on it. And this movie it has a message, a story behind it, and it executes it really well in a in a tight uh, time window. And I don't know. I was just in my feelings for for a couple of days after after this movie. It's a really really good movie. Um. So yeah, for me, uh, number ten, Are You There, God? It's me, Margaret. Um. Number nine, a movie that Mitchell recently saw, uh, for the first time, um, Anatomy of a Fall. I got to see this in theaters. I didn't get to that one. Oh, I, I wanted so badly to get to oh. that before this list, and I just couldn't find the time. Oh, I got gotcha. you. Well, um, pull one out because Anatomy, Anatomy of a Fall probably would have been on Mitchell's top ten list. Uh, just an awesome courtroom drama. Um, they do it so well. Um, you know, the characters in it are, are very good. Um, the acting um, from from – a bunch of different actors. I'm going to give props to, uh, to, um, a couple, um, I'll give props uh, later, really good. but yeah, the kid's really good. Um, I don't want to like, just say like the kid, I kind of want to give people like, um, props. Um, uh, Milo Machado, uh, Grainer as Daniel was really good. That's who you're mentioning. And then San- Sandra Huller. Um, I think she was nominated at the golden globes um she'll probably get an oscar nomination too yeah she should get an oscar nomination because she was she was awesome and, and they just do a really good job mm-hmm. telling like a courtroom drama and it's uh it's the best non-english film um i've seen this year which is high praise because there's some really good non-english films so uh for me uh right. number nine uh anatomy will fall uh past lives number eight for me hey now i had a feeling this was going to be on howie's top 10 um i just think greta lee and liam sung min are just phenomenal in this movie and yeah john yeah. john john magaro magaro um you know he does his thing as well as arthur um 
kind of the the husband of of the wife who's meeting the the long lost, lost child or friend yeah uh, like th that that dynamic of those three like really works and and it's a slow burn it's it's a slow burn but the 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 payoff at the end is very emotional and what i yeah. truly loved about this movie and i was telling mitchell about it um the cinematography and the way they they shoot the shots of the cities and like the contrasting of like New York city and then, you know, Seoul and Korea, uh, is just really cool. And then all the background audio that they capture, it doesn't overtake right. what's being, what's being, um, said, um, in terms of dialogue, but it's there and it's present. And, and I don't know if I've seen a movie that quite like uses background audio the way they do to like kind of immerse you in like, you you see them going on a walk together talking and and you like feel like you're almost there like watching them from like a bench or something you know watching them like talk so uh, i thought that was really really cool like i i really love past lives it's a movie i saw late i saw two days ago and uh yeah i fell in love with it i think that movie's awesome it's a slow burn but it's it's worth the it's worth the ending and it's it's such an awesome uh romantic movie um it's so beautiful and the intricate details that they uh that they take a look at is just absolutely awesome um let's see uh number seven for me uh guardians of the galaxy volume three uh yes mitchell sir. is an absolute yeah, mitchell's an absolute <laughs> hater i i mean he can believe what he wants um and james gunn is yeah james gunn was was in was in the lab he was he was cooking up uh another great guardians film and I, I don't think it's the best one of the series, but I mean it's it's pretty oh. close. You know, it's pretty close. Oh. Um, okay, that that's a take. Yeah. That part's a take. <laughs> that is a correct take, Brandon. Thank you very much. That one it's not is the best. that it's not the best. Yes, one is the best, but even though I saw them out of order, which is hilarious. I, uh, I, Brandon, are you sure you know which one's which? I'll never yeah, forget I, I this do man know which sat one's down. Which now, but... It's this man so sat down to watch the first one and was like, yeah, the Guardians of the Galaxy 1 is really good. And I'm like, you're watching the second one, man. I will never forgive that rental store for giving me the wrong, <laughs> wrong Guardians movie. The I, Guardians just movie. I just won't. It literally but, lights up in bright letters at the beginning, volume 2. Yeah, I must have like, missed oh, it. But that means well, it's one. Th that's because two's opening scene is so legendary that I probably just missed like volume right. 2 at the end. Um, no, yeah. uh, all the stuff with, uh, rocket is just incredible. Absolutely emotional. Um, the rest of the movie, I don't think is as good as the rest of the, as the scenes with rocket. But what I do think the rest of the movie has is just an awesome guardians film. And if you love guardians of the galaxy, this is probably going to be your top 10 spoiler. Um, yeah. So, um, for me, spoiler for your top 10. Right, exactly. Um, so yeah, that that's uh that's my number seven uh movie of the year, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, and then uh, number six. I'm kind of sad this is number six and did not make uh, my top five, but it's an incredible movie and a movie that I would have given five stars if I didn't hold five stars in such high regard, and that is the Holdovers. The Holdovers is an absolutely incredible film. It's an incredible Christmas movie. <laughs> and I Mitchell just did something that involved a, a state bird I from New Jersey. Off. I, I yeah, flipped them yeah. off. Yeah. He, it's going to be <laughs> yeah, higher on probably... his list. It's going to be higher <laughs> on his list. But, you know, for me, 
I was going six. back and forth. Do I want this movie to be in my top five? It was yes. so close. I, you honestly <laughs> could give a tie between the two movies I have at five and six, but I'm going to go with Holdovers at number six, and I'm just going to stand pat at that. Um, Paul Giamatti, if it wasn't for uh, for uh, for Murphy and Oppenheimer, he would win an Oscar. Like if 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 yeah. Oppenheimer didn't exist, Paul Giamatti would win it would win an Oscar, and that's how great On the, the performance is. And um, God, all the performances, um, acting wise, are just downright incredible. Um, and it's what right. it's what carries the movie. It's what makes the movie so awesome. And this movie is going to be on on Mitchell's top ten. So I'll save it for when he wants to break it down. But but yeah, number six for me, the holdovers. Um, this is my definitive six through ten. And Mitchell can can have his opinions, but whatever. Um, this is not- <laughs> That's a fantastic top ten or ten through six, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, there's one movie that you did not talk about that I really hope makes an appearance in the top five and if it doesn't you're gonna hear about it okay, um fair. holdovers being at six i know how he's probably got that in like his bottom 10 i know he wasn't quite as <laughs> thrilled with that as the rest of us holdovers can't Whoa. be as good as the little mermaid um but are you there god it's me margaret making an appearance very nice uh guardians the stuff with rocket is like a a plus top tier marvel stuff for me and i think the rest of the movie is like a c minus d plus see i, I really think the rest of the movie is like an a minus b plus and so that's why I but, get past yeah it, and, and and that's why i'm i'm not gonna my 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 job with something i might disagree with is not gonna sit here and say oh it's bad it's go watch that movie because you might love it the way that josh did or the way brandon did or the way howie does i'm definitely in the minority on this one but i will tell everyone to go check it out uh sarah had it high on her list but she just can't ever watch it again because like whenever i bring it up she's like i just i don't think i can ever watch that again it's just so much yeah it is and it is which if you haven't seen it sounds strange like it's a guardians of the galaxy movie it's gonna be funny it's gonna be a good time and it is but it's also very dark and you got to be prepared for that they kind of end the like guardians as we know it, like whether they bring the guardians back is a question mark, but like the guardians as we right. know it is like ending. And I think it's a very, very yeah. satisfying ending. Yeah. All right. Howie take us away. Oh God. It's, it's, it's me. Cook, it's buddy. It's it's my a oh, turn. No, don't put Super Mario Brothers on there, please. If Josh didn't okay, do it, I'll, and he I'll, saw five movies. You Super Mario is number twenty. It's number twenty okay. on my list. Still too high, but okay. still too high. I don't know. Like again, I'm biased as a gamer. Seeing a very good video game adaptation gives it bonus points anytime. I'm with you. I'm with you. It, it wasn't as high. It was forty six for me. But I saw that movie five times in theaters, and it was awesome every single time. So. <laughs> So whatever, like Mitchell, Mitchell can Mitchell's reaction step off. Like five times. I saw a movie that's number forty-six on your list five times. <laughs> five. Yeah, five. My times. number, my number four. Fun. My number forty-six movie, movie was The Killer. I watched that movie one time and it was done. Uh, you probably should watch it too because it went up my list. Just no, oh, he's saying you gotta uh, give it another uh, chance. Uh, so uh, Super oh, Mario oh, was number coming? twenty. So. <laughs> giving some respect to mario all right don't don't diss Love that. you mentioned little mermaid earlier little mermaid's number 26 on okay. my list okay i remember so you came out of that this, like this is amazing 
Yeah, and I had to actually like be realistic because I get the high after a movie and I'm like, this was the greatest piece of cinema ever. Nah, and then I'm me, like, oh. Let me, let me let me clear that up for the audience that don't speak Howie. He was thirsting over Halle Bailey. <laughs> okay, stop, stop. You're right. You're absolutely <laughs> right. <laughs> Let's just don't uh... put me on blast, but it's true. <laughs> she was good in the movie. Yes. Mermaid yes. 26. But going into my honorable mentions. At number 15 that was on my list was A Good Person with Lawrence Pugh and Morgan Freeman. I really liked The Good Person. I really, really enjoyed it. So that was number 15 for Brand me. If you guys haven't seen it. side eye right now. I mean, I recommend seeing I it. I don't, like, hate the take, but, like, that's an emotional and dark movie. So I haven't seen it. It's very emotional and dark. Wow. Also, <laughs> yeah, we saw Morgan it Freeman's midday on Sunday. Yeah, Morgan Freeman's character yeah. is not a good person. Like as much as that, yeah, as much as that movie wants you to make you seem like it is, he's not. At the end, it it turns yeah. out like whatever it is. But yeah, I, if if people are interested, watch it. But it's very dark. Is all I'm gonna say. Yes, it's a heavy movie to watch. But I think Florence Pugh and Morgan Freeman were great in it. Their characters were very interesting and very deep to get to like the root of their issues and problems. I love stuff like that in movies. So that one was really good. B2 said that this movie was going to be higher on my list, but it's actually not. Past Lives is number 14 on my Ooh. list. Past that, Lives is 14. That is like when last year, when I kept telling you guys to watch Puss in Boots 2, but it didn't make my list. That's what that feels like, because you've been yeah. telling us all yeah. year all to year. watch Past Lives. I thought it was going to be like the to not put it on your list. But the, the reason why it's an A, like it's an A for me, but I saw so many movies this year that I gave an A plus mm. that it just got bumped down. It's like my top 15 is tough. It's a competitive market. So it's 14 for me, but I loved Past Lives. Another movie that I hyped up that is also not in my top 10 is They Clone Tyrone at number 13. Yeah. So that one's 13 on my list. Again, loved this movie. Just the movies above or better. Mitchell will probably get on me for this one, but number 12 is The Holdovers for me on my list. What an absolute <laughs> crying gonna, shame. He's going to strangle me after. My man, my man gave every movie a, a imaginable five stars. He gave every movie a play for us. But I'm a cook. No, no, no. no let, have to do. <laughs> let me cook. I, I got more movies massage. up there, but The Holdovers... <laughs> The holdovers is 12. We'll let Mitchell dive deep because he's high on it. Yes. Number 11 on my list, my last honorable mention, is Bottoms. I loved Bottoms so much. I could have sworn that Number was making 11. your list. I it thought was, that it, was it, making it was. your list. We're talking about a movie that you two saw that I never saw, Bottoms. I Yeah. It was, uh, let's see, for me, it's number 39 because I thought that the, I thought the first two-thirds were like, on the same level as Magical. something like Barbie. Yeah. Like, it's so yeah. good. And then the last, like, 20 minutes, it's just like, all right, I think you guys took the joke a little too far. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> I can see that. I but, it, but it might work. For I haven't thought people. about that, but I can uh, see now it. I kinda, like, I definitely, I'm, I'm going to watch it at some point, and I'll, I'll see where I put it on my list. But Brandon, if I nothing think, else, yeah. if nothing else, and I think that uh, Rachel Sanat and Ao Adebari are just phenomenal in this, and I kind of want them to just keep making like buddy comedy movies mm -hmm. for the next yes. ten years. But Brandon Marshawn Lynch is in this movie. 
and he was great. That's oh, all great. I need to know. Yes. That's all oh, you need to know. Okay. Marshawn Lynch. He's great. Marshawn Lynch has like a like supporting role in this movie and is hilarious. Was he eating Skittles? Because that would have been like the ultimate joke. I don't think he was, but I wouldn't I don't be think surprised. He did. <laughs> yeah, I need a rewatch because I don't think he did. But, nah, but Bottoms really is definitely definitely worth your time. So definitely check it out. It's number eleven on my list. Let's go ahead and get into the nitty gritty to ten through six. At number ten. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, number 10 on my list. I loved this movie. Tom Cruise can do no wrong. Mission Impossible movies always hit. Dead Reckoning was incredible. Loved the supporting cast this time around. Tom Cruise killed it. His stunt with the motorbike might be one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Literally insane. It, yeah. I, I saw recently that he did it six times. And I'm like, what? Why would you do it? I thought one how, was good. How, because how he's insane. He's going to yeah. die making one of these movies, and it's going to yeah. It's just it just he just is. Yeah, we need to enjoy Tom Cruise because Tom Cruise <laughs> is trying to kill Tom Cruise in every possible way. He's and I he's fear trying he might to succeed. And yeah, he's um, doing it for our entertainment, and I love him. This is how close it was, and I left it because I thought it was going to be on someone's list. Number twelve for me, mm. Howie. Number twelve. Oh, it's not your list. Just wow. It. No, oh, just yes, missed bitch. it. Just missed it. Just missed. Wow. So what just, you're saying just what you're saying is it ain't Maverick though. It ain't Maverick. <laughs> that means got a that means got, a new, the top gun that means got a new uh studio. Uh like, oh yeah, Warner Brothers just like brought the him Warner on, Brothers like, deal. Hey, you know, I I just keep hoping he makes adrenaline fueled movies. I do too, but I also want to see how he does with non adrenaline like fueled movies. I want to see him drama, expand his range a little man, bit just to see. Because I'll tell you, Brandon and I had the same conversation before American Made came out in 2017. And then we saw that and it's like, right. hey, this is this is fantastic. It's a really yeah. slept on movie if you haven't yeah, seen it. Really good movie. Yeah, I had to check that one out. I have not seen that. But Tom Cruise, more Mission Impossible because I think part two is coming out this year or next year. Next year. Whenever it comes out. Next year, we're tuned in. I'm locked in day one for that, of course. Most anticipated. Number nine. Oh, my bad. You're, you're good. <laughs> Number nine on my list is Godzilla minus one. Godzilla, cinema, all I got to say, what a movie. No one no one saw Godzilla coming this year, like literally in the movie and also in real life because, wow. <laughs> what a film, especially for a non-English film to just do as well as it did in a limited budget. They were cooking. It was incredible. I have no notes about Godzilla. It was really good. I'm excited to see what they do because I tease there's going to be another one coming after it. So I'm excited to see what the next one in this new um, series of Godzilla films is going to be. Number eight on my list is a movie that Mitchell is not high about, but B2 and I are. It's Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 at number Let's eight go. on the list. I'm surprised what a movie. you're higher on it. It, it, look, again, it was a tough year this year. It was a lot of competitive movies, but <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy, I really, really loved Rocket Story. I loved the cast. Again, everybody did a great job. And I think what made it better, too, was watching the holiday special. And the holiday special was really good, too, and just kind of tying that into Volume 3. James Gunn, I think this might be his best movie. That might be a take, but he did a really good job of Guardians 3. I really now, liked it. I think it's take. better than the Suicide Squad. Yeah, I know. It's a take. That's a take. It, it might be his the best. Suicide, suicide Squad is Suicide like Squad elite. is tough to beat. It's elite. But it was, it was good. The holiday special, in terms of Disney Plus like show-related stuff, 
the holiday special might be like top four, top three. Like that. It was very good. Yeah, I did so enjoy the holiday good. special. Very good. Um, also, want to point out uh, Godzilla minus uh, one, number 11 on my list. Howie just missed. Just missed the just cut. Missed the that cut. was the one. The one yep. that I was going to say, if that's not on your list, I'm going to beat your ass. So I'm going to see you on Thursday <laughs> and I'm going to beat your ass. How All the right, hell did that not make your top 10? It, we saw you know, the movie together, Brandon. You know, I was thinking that about mean it, something like, to you. Like which, like which one emotionality wise, like hit for me more? Um, I was going between "Are You There, God?" and "It's Me, Margaret" or Godzilla, and I, I chose "Are You There, God?" Like walking out of "Are You There, God?" "It's Me, Margaret," I like, just I don't know, connected with that movie a little bit more. I love Godzilla minus one though. Like that, uh, you could honestly go tie for ten for me. Like that's how close that is. Yeah. Well, hey, just made just missed your top ten, so I'll give you I'll give you some props there because you saw a lot of movies this year, so no, won't get on you too bad about that. <laughs> he saw 130 <laughs> movies, so can't can't give him too much shit for that. <laughs> uh, number seven on my list, I was a little bit higher on this one, and I think you guys were, uh, but I loved Creed three. I thought that it was oh, very gosh. good. It's number yes. seven on my list this year. I can't um, even though Jonathan Majors is kind of in some shit right now, yeah, his what? What role happened? was very good. It was very good in the movie. Uh, Michael B. Jordan's directorial debut was just cinema. <laughs> That's kiss. the big takeaway Boy. for me from this one. It's just Michael B. Jordan. Because I leave every Creed movie going, that was a perfect way to end it. Please don't make another one and, and, you know, and have a bad one in the series. Good. And then they yeah. make another one, and it's so good. And yeah. now I just want to see what Michael B. Yeah. Jordan's going to do as a director. Yeah, because he's directing Creed Four, and they're also doing an animated Creed. Yeah. Like they're doing an animated now series on it, which would be I interesting. I want to see. Yeah, I, I just want to see what they do with crazy. like the style because the fighting styles, like in this one, the what Michael B. Jordan did with it was, yeah, was pretty awesome. I'm glad it made someone's top ten because that movie's fantastic. Like that movie's awesome. Yeah, very good movie, and I was really high on it. And number six for me, this movie just got bumped down from the top five. Um, one that Mitchell just watched recently is Suzumi, uh, which is number six on my list of the year. I really enjoyed Suzumi, seeing it in April, um, an animated Japanese film that you guys definitely need to check out. I wouldn't say it's on the likes of Studio Ghibli, but it's pretty close. It's really, really good. I Man, really I enjoyed it. Better than the and... movie that came out this year. So hey, so hey I haven't seen that though. one. So. That's divisive, though. Some yeah. people love the boy in the hair and Mitchell. Some like, people really do. I'm I'm not on that side. In fact, no, I'm, I'm I, I, I mean, down on the opposing did. side. But um, Susan is it better? One than, is it better? Is it better than Spirited Away? Because I think Spirited Away is the best. I have to watch Spirited oh. Away again. I was so Spirited just like so in a fog when I saw Spirited Away because it was unlike anything I'd ever seen. Right, which is what that which is what that director is. Like that's what that's yeah. what he does. Yeah. Yeah, Spirited Away. That that movie's incredible. Like if you compare it to Suzumi, it doesn't like Suzumi doesn't come close to how good Spirited Away was, okay. but that's like one yeah. of the best movies ever. Like just straight up. Yeah. So but Suzumi was very good. It's an A plus for me this year. And if you guys have not got a chance to check it out, I believe it's on Crunchyroll. So if you're an anime fan, it's on Crunchyroll yeah. right now. Um, but definitely check it out. It's really, really good. Number six on my list for this year. I like it. I like how there were some some overlap between Brandon and Howie, but also Howie bringing his. Uh, I I knew that. Is it Suzume or uh, how do you pronounce it? Because I watched the movie and I, I thought it was Suzume. 
It might be Suzume, but I said Suzumi. So if anybody's Japanese, I apologize for my terrible. Hey, I just want to make sure I wasn't saying it wrong because I couldn't quite remember. <laughs> I watched this movie about a week and a half ago and loved it. So I'm glad yeah. that I'm glad that it was on your list because you that was another yeah. one that you'd been pounding the table for for months. Just, and then I finally got around to it. And I liked that one even more than past lives. Wow. Wow. OK, well, that's good to hear that you liked it more than past lives, but they both are really good. So good to hear. All right. Well, I guess it's my turn. So we're going to start. Oh, God, with, we're going to start with the honorable mentions. OK. So we're going to start this thing off with the biggest movie event of the year, and that's Barbie. Barbie was a movie that I think had gold at its fingertips. And sometimes with the real world stuff, I think it kind of fell flat. But this is one of the funniest movies I've seen in a long time. It's Mm. really poignant. It's incredibly well written. If Ryan Gosling wins the Oscar for this, I won't be mad at all because he's he's incredible. Uh, And I thought Margot Robbie was every bit as good. And Greta Gerwig movies have just become an event at this point. And I'm glad for that because she's she's three for three. Extraction 2 is one of the best action movies of the year on Netflix, and I liked the first Extraction. I loved the second Extraction. They raised the bar a ton, and Chris Hemsworth, this is the type of stuff that you need to be doing, and I can't wait to see what he brings to the table with Furiosa coming out in May. So that's, you know, keep that momentum going, Chris Hemsworth. Uh, Taylor Swift, The Eras Tour. Maybe this isn't something that should be on this list. I just feel like I had to shout it out okay, because fair. I had such a good time okay. watching this. I thought you were so going to grade it, but I feel you. I, I, it's not my list, Brandon. It's okay. on my honorable mentions. Uh, Creed 3, another one that I just I had such a good time with it. And Michael B. Jordan, a superstar. Can't wait to see what he does in front of and behind the camera next the creator is one uh it's one of the best looking movies of the year and it did resonate with me emotionally especially the uh the child performance i thought that she was <laughs> she was really good uh brandon uh i thought it was gonna it. make your list i thought it was gonna make your list no no creator's not on my list um back-to-back horror let's go evil dead rise which is just a fantastic if you're looking for a gory time, do a double feature of the 2013 Evil Dead and the Evil Dead Rise. And I still need to watch the original trilogy of Evil Dead movies. That's something that Brandon and I will probably get to at some point, maybe October, yeah. when we're doing more horror reviews. But Evil Dead Rise and then Talk to Me was another one that I loved Ooh. the way it opened and I loved the way it concluded. It reminded me a lot of The Sixth Sense as far as kind of the, the vibe of the movie. And if you've seen it, you probably understand that. But talk to me, one of A24, I'm pretty sure it's A24, one of A24's biggest hits. Uh, Suzume came very close to making my list. Just missed out. But man, oh man, this thing knocked me on my ass. And I cannot wait to watch (laughs) it again. Uh, It was a big animated surprise for me, as was Nimona. Or as Brandon calls it, uh, Nimonia. Nimona on Netflix <laughs> would have been Blue Sky's best movie. In fact, I'm going to credit it as Blue Sky's best movie, as far as I'm concerned. Because I you mean, know, it's it's Blue Sky. You, usually they like whether they yeah. Usually like they make f- fine animation movies that you just watch and you forget that you watched it as soon as you leave the theater. 
And this wasn't like that at all. So I've got to give him credit for that. Maestro. Everyone on Twitter just hating on Maestro. Yeah, people calling him I, Maestro. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, suck my <laughs> ass, Stro. I thought this movie was fantastic. Bradley Cooper's great. Bradley Cooper, the director, is even better. And Carrie Mulligan is just the best. Carrie Mulligan, if this wasn't such a stacked year for female performances, I think she could have taken home an Oscar for her work. Yeah, fair. Um, I, I'll, I'll say uh, 20th best movie for me. I, I knew it was going to be close on your honorable mentions. I'll go ahead and give uh, just one opinion. Um, I really like the camera change where they changed eras and it went from like black to white, black and white to like uh, color. That was absolutely awesome. That was such a great directorial decision. I thought it was great. The stuff in, the stuff in color is a lot more interesting than the yeah, stuff in black. Yeah, obviously. I think that the first 30 or 40 minutes right. starts kind of off a little slow. And then once we really get the, like the cathedral scene is just like, oh my God, it's so good. I mean, I Bradley it. Cooper should be nominated for strictly his ability to, uh, to like compose like best, straight best up, like, director. I think yeah. that best director is yeah. won't win. We'll get to that, but I right. think that he definitely deserves a nomination. Yeah. All right. I'm going to do something we that go. I've never done before. And I hate doing it. I think it's a cop-out. But I think it's fair to do on this list. I'm going to tie number 10. Now, I'm going to tell you which one I think is the official number 10. You're a... I'm going to tell you which one is the official. But I'm going to tie Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part 1, and John Wick Chapter 4. Now, if I had to pick one, I'm picking Mission Impossible. But those two were just the action standard of the year. Tom Cruise doing it once again. I thought Haley Atwell was a really good addition to that cast. I thought that her and Tom Cruise had fantastic chemistry. Rebecca Ferguson, always really good in those movies as well. Simon Pegg, criminally underrated. And then John Wick Chapter 4. I think that it would have been on my list and high on my list if I just, the last five minutes... The ending. I've got yep, problems. Same. I've got so problems. The John, so John Wick's ending, right? Yeah. It's just, yeah. But yes. that, if, if ooh, it wasn't for the ending, it'd be higher in mine too. I'm, the, I'm but with the you. the first, the two and a half hours that preceded it, action heaven. The, the oh stair scene. The action the stair scene. scene the stair that you, scene that you is mentioned fantastic. last podcast. The overhead, the overhead shot with that the That was gun. a video game like shot. Yeah. And, and yeah. I mean, that, yeah, in the best way possible. The, the scene with him right. in that room with all the art in it. And it just goes for like it's 20, just, 25 minutes. It just goes missed. on. It just goes and goes and goes and goes. And it's like, this is so great. It's so awesome. And it's also one of the best looking action movies I've ever seen. The the, the one with him and, yeah. and the guy after, after the poker uh, where they're at the club. Oh, my God. Everything in that looks absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I've got yeah. to tie those two movies, but I do prefer Mission Impossible because the ending of John Wick just left me like, why that that just felt a little bit so off. because yeah. because you could argue that those two are the two best action movies. I'm actually okay with you tying them, if that makes sense. That, that that's the only reason yeah. why I would tie them that's is because fair. they're so similar. Mm -hmm. And I, I I will say if you want to just say Mitchell, you got to pick one. I'm picking Mission Impossible because John Wick just leaves me a little sour at the end after enjoying yeah. so much of it, where I think Dead Reckoning 
with that train sequence just ends on oh, such a man. good note. That is one of the most tense yeah, things I can't I've wait seen for how part this year. Up. Like, that's, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. Number nine. And no one's mentioned this one yet, so I get to be the one to talk about it. That's Poor Things. Emma, yeah. Emma Stone. Emma Stone. Now I know I know that I know that they it's, it's going to be close between Emma Stone and Lily Gladstone. We're going to have a stone off for the best actress Oscar this year, and I loved what Lily Gladstone did, but I think yeah. Emma Stone should take home that golden statue because she does things in this movie that I've never seen before, and I'm not just talking right. about spending like half of the movie just completely naked getting railed. That's just that's in the movie, and it's something that you you have to be prepared for because there are people walking out. I mean, because they, they weren't prepared yeah. for just how graphic of a movie it is. Yeah, but it explores this character of Bella in such an interesting way to where she really has like it's it's actually kind of similar to Barbie if you think about it, where it's a a woman discovering what life and femininity and all of this stuff is it's really funny it's expertly directed by yorgos lanthimos i love the favorite i don't love this as much as the favorite but it's it's really high up uh mark ruffalo if he wins the oscar i will not be upset at all because he is so funny in this movie you hate him he's an asshole i think he's unintentionally funny well he's so good in this so good yeah Willem Dafoe is good, and I want to give props to there. There was a part in the movie where I felt like, all right, we're getting a little repetitive here. Is it just going to be Emma Stone taking back shots for like ten straight minutes? Oh, like, my. let's let's you know let's let's pick up the pace. Let's do. And then Christopher Abbott appears, and the movie takes a whole different turn that I did not expect at all. And won me completely back, and I just I, I almost wanted to stand up in my chair and just say bravo. That was a great script writing choice. But poor things. It's, Can't wait to see it tomorrow. It's I, I, I hated it. I'm watching it tomorrow before this list. Hey, I, but... I get that because Brandon and I are getting to see American Fiction on Thursday, yeah, and that's yeah. a movie that I'm like I feel like that could have made this list, but. Yeah, yeah you know, when we do our January movie recap, Brandon, maybe uh, maybe, maybe we can make it retroactively put it. List. Um, yeah, yeah, I was gonna say uh, thirteen for me. That's why I left it for you. Um, just uh, just an incredible movie. Like what I was talking about uh, last podcast with um originality and just like keeping that trend going. Like this movie is as original as it gets, and I'm I'm all yeah. for it. Like the set pieces too are just. Like what they do with how Paris looks, how Cairo looks, is it's just one of the most really interesting awesome. movies I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, really interesting movie. Number eight, Brandon, I'm gonna beat your ass for not putting Godzilla minus one on this list. Paris, <laughs> Godzilla minus one. Oh my God, Brandon, Eric Howie, you said it best. Just an absolute shock, and yeah. I thought I enjoyed Godzilla vs. Kong. It's a completely different type of movie. Mm-hmm. And the new Godzilla yeah. vs. Kong, like seeing trailers for that, it's like, this ain't fucking Godzilla. That's not. Yeah, that's literally, I was like, <laughs> what? Wait, that's wait, not, they're teaming that, up? That God, they're fighting that someone? God, <laughs> that Godzilla, that Godzilla would 
wouldn't hold a candle to the Godzilla and Godzilla minus one. This I like, there are people that like Godzilla as a hero, not me. I like Godzilla to be a villain. I want Godzilla to be wrecking shop. And that's exactly what you get in this thing. Godzilla is horrifying, but it's the characters of this movie that really make it special. The fact that you care about every single person that you come across. It's a story about uh, a kamikaze pilot that fails to do his duty and survivor's guilt and living with that and moving Mm -hmm. on and new beginnings and PTSD. It's so interesting in a way that a Godzilla movie has never been before. You watch a Godzilla movie, anyone, and I liked the 2014 Godzilla. I liked Godzilla vs. Kong. But the human characters were never this crucial to the story. And yeah. in this one, they are the heart and soul. Godzilla's barely in the movie. When he is, he, yeah. you you feel it, though, when he's in it. Uh, let me tell you that right now. If you have yet to see this, you fucked up. I'm, I'm not going <laughs> to, because I don't know if it's going to be in theaters much longer. I think you might have, like, a day to go see Godzilla minus one, maybe. If you didn't see it in theaters, you made a mistake, and the best yeah. you can do is hope to rectify that when it, whenever it hits streaming or DVD or Apple rent for, for a day. But this 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 was an event, and I'm Brandon and I had the entire theater to ourselves because we saw this thing before the hype really took off for it, and I saw it again about a week and a half later, and that theater was full. So people yeah. very clearly got the message that Godzilla minus one was worth the time. Yep. Without question. Number seven. I like talking about movies that no one's talked about yet, but I have a feeling that it might come up later. My number seven movie is air. Okay. Okay. Brandon oh, shaking his head. Oh, no. <laughs> Brandon shaking his head. Hey, uh, five through seven was a knife no, fight. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I and agree with you. Five through seven was a knife fight, and unfortunately, Air brought a uh, an Air Jordan to that knife oh, fight, please. so it, it lost. It, it got number seven. But this this is an example of you know we talked about like cinematography and you know in, inventing something new with poor things. And air is a good example of sometimes you don't need to do that. You just need a fantastic director, a great script and charismatic as hell actors bringing their a game Mm -hmm. to make a movie that I want to watch over and over again. And that is exactly what Ben Affleck does who welcome back to the director's chair, Ben Affleck. We miss you. We love the town. We love Argo. I haven't seen Gone Baby Gone, but I'm sure I love that. And we love Air as well. Matt Damon. What a year for Matt Damon. Making all the dad movies. Just love it for Matt Damon. Uh, Ben Affleck was good in this. Viola Davis. Limited screen time, but she's great. Chris Tucker's in this, and he's fantastic. Chris Messina. This movie has it all. Uh, Jason Bateman. I forgot he was in it, too. He's, He's also amazing. If you have not checked out Air, it's on Amazon Prime. Be sure to give it a watch. Uh... I as a as a basketball fan, I loved it, but as a movie fan, I loved it even more. And number six, number five and number six, I went back and forth and back and forth. I stayed up all night. No, I didn't. I knew what my number five and number six were. My number six is going to be <laughs> Me too with the <laughs> My number six is going to be Are You There God? It's me, Margaret. 
I love it. Had had I to be on it. this list. Had to be. I watched it a second time. I loved right. it even more. And I thought, yeah, there's no way that movie, that small movie that no one saw, no one saw this movie. You messed up. This is directed mm-hmm. by Kelly Fremont Craig, who also made The Edge of 17 back in 2016. And no one saw that either, but everyone showered it with praise. And I feel like this has kind of gone under the radar and it shouldn't have because it's even better than The Edge of 17. Abby Ryder Fortson, Brandon, you said it best. Just a, a wonderful performance. I don't think she should be nominated for an Oscar just because of how stacked of a year it is yeah. for lead actress performances. But you know who should? Right. Rachel McAdams in supporting. Rachel McAdams gives an absolutely Oscar worthy performance in this as as the mom. It's got one. It's got Betty Safdie in it, and he's great. Kathy Bates. I love how it explores. Uh, it explores religion it explores uh puberty it explores trying to make friends when you're in middle school which sucks it's it's a movie that two dumbass white boys like me and brandon should not (laughs) love as much as it as we do because it has so much to do with being an adolescent young woman I've never been an adolescent young woman. I have no idea. I don't relate to this necessarily, but it made me relate to it because I cared about the characters so much. It was so well written. It was so funny. I identified with the struggles of the family, uh, the the mom and and Margaret herself. If you didn't see this movie, and given the box office of this, you probably didn't, which shame on you. This movie deserved a lot better. Check it out. It's worth your time. Yeah, it's such a, it's such an awesome movie. Like I figured it was gonna be on your top ten. Um, honestly, like Godzilla minus one in, in that movie, like I, I can't tie them. Like I just I just like Are You There, God? It's they're not similar at all. Yeah, they're not similar at all. Um, but in terms of emotional, like like that's the second most emotional movie I I saw this year. Um, you know, like that's just like an awesome way to. Like you said, like being a being a white male, like I shouldn't relate to this movie, and I just I just did. Like I mean, it's just an awesome film. All right, Brandon. Five to two or five okay. to one, rather. So yeah, I was joking that like you had air at seven. Like, come on, Mitchell, how could you? I have air at five. <laughs> it's not air, <laughs> yeah, it's not that different. Um. God, this okay. Let let me go for a second. This movie was <laughs> this movie was made for me. Like like this movie was if if they got in a lab and they're like, how can we make a movie that Brandon Two is going to love? <laughs> like it would be this movie. I've seen criticism of this movie. I've seen people who like are a little bit lower on it would give it like a B, you know, a C rating. Like they just they just didn't connect with them. That is not me. This movie instantly connected with me. It connected with me so much that I saw it with my girlfriend Lindsay and thought I had saw it with thought I had saw it saw it with Mitchell because of how much it connected with me. Because most of my great movie experiences are with Mitchell, and the fact that I was like, "Yeah, th- this has to be like a movie I saw with Mitchell." That is incorrect. I did not see this movie with Mitchell. <laughs> I've never seen this movie with Mitchell, and I still absolutely thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, the fact that they make the directorial decision to to avoid showing one person's face in particular in particular and it does not take away from the movie 
is is quite remarkable to me. And I know they show him at at like some point, but the fact that they I feel just like avoid you can it. say who it is. Like there there've been interviews about okay, it. They don't fair, show Michael yeah. Jordan. Yeah, they don't show Michael Jordan at all except for like what one scene? Michael Jordan's in one scene. If that. You don't even see his yeah, face. You don't see no. his in face. The whole movie. You don't see his face at all. Yeah. And um I'm fine with it. Like people were upset about it? No. No. That is a bold directorial decision and and, and I Very. I stick by it with with Affleck. Um and Matt Damon, like you said, core dad movies matt damon absolutely killed it this year and people should be watching this movie i think this movie did pretty well at the box office but i hope it does even more on like streaming and eventually when it gets on like other platforms outside of amazon at some point possibly because that movie is absolutely thoroughly enjoyable um yeah so number five movie of the year for me air um number four I think there's a clear distinction between three through one. Number four for me, I think this is one of the best made movies of the year. It's Martin Scorsese's Killers of the Fireman. Four. I knew it. I knew I thought I thought I thought it was going to be a top three movie. Like, just had a feeling. I was like, this has to be a top three movie. This is a really good movie. There's like most years it probably would be a top three movie. Most years it'd probably be a, it'd probably be the best movie of the year. Um maybe man. I mean it might be on some years. Some years it might be. Better better than Maverick? It's not better than Maverick. Let's come on. Come <laughs> said, on. No, that's not, that's yeah. not what I said. <laughs> but uh, my point is that like most years it would be like even higher than four. Um yeah, it's just it's just an awesome movie. Um, it's gonna be on people's list, so I'll, I'll save the talk for for later. But Lily Gladstone, her and Emma Stone, I think, can we not just give them both the Oscar? Like, the I know that's off. a cop out. I know it's a cop out. Can we just give them both the Oscar? Can we just? We're having two queens go against each other. Yeah. Like, come on now. Yeah. I feel like it's gonna be. It's. I think it's gonna be Emma Stone. But I think Lily it's gonna Gladstone be Emma Stone. But I'm. I'm actually really. This is why I'm glad that the Golden Globes, and I don't think they should do this, but the fact that they separate them, I'm actually okay with that because I think they should get let recognition. Get yeah, let them get their flowers. And, and I, I'm so happy that Lily Gladstone won a Golden Globe for this. Um, I mean, DiCaprio is awesome. I think he might be overshadowed a little bit, but like upon uh, when I watched this on rewatch, I actually didn't get to rewatch this. When I watch it again, I mean – DiCaprio's character might be even better. Like, I think he does a really good job. Um, De Niro is awesome as he always is. And Scorsese, he yeah. just, Scorsese knows how to make movies. And he knows how to make movies that connect script, writing, and music. And that man just gets it. And and I just absolutely love his work. And yeah, I'm so happy that this movie made my top 10 and my top five um, as the number four best movie of the year. It is absolutely fantastic. Um, so there's a clear distinction between four and three for me. Um, my number three movie of the year is the iron claw. Um, I saw this movie with Mitchell, uh, was trying to fight back tears. Um, it's an emotional story. If you don't know the story of the Von Eriks, 
I would actually recommend not Googling it, um, going to go see this movie or seeing this movie and then Googling it. Um, but I, just forewarned, it is a heavy, heavy movie. This is the heaviest movie of the year. Um, and it's not even close. It's so heavy that they had to take a member of the family out of the story. Like, that's how heavy the movie is. Um, I just, I love the, the directorial decisions. I love the, the wrestling scenes. Like, the wrestling scenes don't, like, I, I don't know. Like, have you seen The Wrestler, Mitchell? Like, I have not. Like, I, I've seen part of The Wrestler, and some of the wrestling scenes in The Wrestler, like, I don't think it, I don't think it lines up with that. Like, I don't think it, like, matches, like, like toe-to-toe with that one. Um, but, I mean, they're really good wrestling scenes. And then just the, the way the story is written is is what it's about. Like, I said this on, on last podcast. I think this should have been a two-hour and 30-minute movie. Like, I think they should have gone I agree with you further with it. Um, they should have included the character that's missing. They should have dug deeper. They should have went more into it because I couldn't look away. Like I don't. I mean, it's it's just incredible. And, and that original song at the at the end of the movie, and then the and then the original song that the one of the characters sings. I was waiting for like three weeks, two weeks for that movie to finally release on Spotify so I could listen to it because it was just like stuck in my head. The way they they connect like that, like, I don't know if it's going to win original song at the Oscars. I think it should. Like, that's how, I mean, I don't think it is, but. Barbie said that locked up. Yeah, Barbie's had that locked up, but yeah. Is Iron Cole even eligible for the Oscars because of when it released? Oh yeah, no, it, it is, but they just, okay. I don't think it is going to really have a big presence anything. at the Oscars. Like, they didn't really push it. Like I, yeah, like that that original song should be nominated. Like Zac Efron should be nominated. Like A twenty four has been pushing past lives so hard. Like I, I get it. They, I love uh, past lives. They have the Iron Claw. Yeah, I love past lives, but the Iron Claw is on a different level. Um, yes, I'll go ahead and give number two. Um, in one. Um, I'll preface this by yeah, saying that's what you have to do. Yeah, I know. I'll preface this by saying <laughs> these two are basically tied in my like rankings, like score wise. But there's a clear number one for me. Okay, Spider Verse is number two. Oh, I love Spider Verse. I can't get enough of it. Uh, the animation is awesome. The story is awesome. It has the best opening scene of the year and the best ending scene of the year. Without a doubt. I, Ooh, I, Mitchell, you, you I don't can, know Mitchell. You can argue that, Mitchell, <laughs> but flat out, just flat I'll out. talk about it. I'll talk about it. Flat out. I think that is the only one that even comes close is, is the movie that I have in number one. And I'm going to be honest, I don't think that ending scene matches up with Spider-Verse. I don't think it does. Okay. Um, just gonna right. be yeah, and and when you have a movie that has that good of an opening and that good of a closing, and then everything in between is just kick ass, then you get w- one of the best movies of the year. And flat out, this would have been one of the best movies of the year, probably any other year, except the juggernaut that is number one movie of the year for me, Oppenheimer, 
the juggernaut that is Oppenheimer came out this year. And so it kicked Spider-Verse just a little bit down and was like, eh, this is the number one spot. And I'm, yeah, okay. I, I'm a Nolan, I'm a Nolan fan. I love Nolan. This is one of the best movies of the 21st century. This is an incredible biopic. This man got people to go see a movie that's three hours long about Robert J. Oppenheimer. This man is the GOAT, the living legend of direct directors of our like of this era. Like he is he is the best. Him and Scorsese put them up next to each other because that's how good Nolan is. And this movie is awesome. I know it's going to be on everyone else's top 10. So I'll save my, my comments, but I don't know that. I mean, come on, let's, let's get real. I mean, this movie is one of the best movies of the 21st century, the cinematography, the characters. I mean, this man, I mean, what did he say to people to be like, all right, Remy Malik, five minutes. Like it's yours. Like here's five minutes. Like Robert Downey Jr. We'll give you twenty minutes. Go kill it. Like this man is just is just absolutely on a tear in this movie as a director, and just all the performances are just flat out awesome. It's just an awesome, amazing film. Number one movie of the year, Oppenheimer. All right, Brandon too putting Oppenheimer at the top of the list. Spider Verse getting the silver, Iron Claw taking home the bronze solid list solid list and i'm sure that we'll be hearing a lot more about basically all of those movies coming up here soon howie the floor is yours okay take it away all right all right i'll i'll save some comments to the end when i talk about my top five because b2 and i are similar there are some differences though Number five for me, I'll go ahead and say it's Air. Air is number five. My thoughts are pretty much the same as B2s. As somebody who is not the biggest basketball fan, I love basketball, but I'm not huge into it like some other people are. Seeing a movie that is about how Michael Jordan and Air Jordan became everything for Nike and not even having Michael in it is a very bold, creative choice. And it worked to perfection. They did a fantastic job making the story about Michael in the shoe and Nike all into one. How were they able to focus on this player who came from UNC, who had issues, who was kind of raw in a lot of departments, and giving him not just a shoe deal, giving him pretty much part of the revenue sales at nike which is unheard of and how it all came together seeing how they put it together behind the scenes was just so interesting and captivating and i loved air it was so good like you said damon was great um literally ben affleck was amazing Bella davis was credible all of the casts there were just on one they they were bringing their a game there and air was incredible it's number five for me but going into my top four, my top four, I'm going to say this is the hardest top four I've ever had to make out of any list. Like, it's it's a 1A, 1B, 1C, 1D. That's how I look at it. 
you know, like because any of these four could be changed to be one, two, three. It's it's that close because all of these movies I walked out of and I was like, bro, like <laughs> that was a movie. <laughs> like, like, oh, man. And so I'll go ahead and say my number four movie. This one I saw two days ago. It just came in to the top five list is Iron Claw is number four on the list. As somebody who grew up a huge fan of professional wrestling, my dad's favorite wrestler of all time is Ric Flair. He loved Ric Flair growing up. And I didn't know the full story of the Von Erichs, but I knew like just a tad bit of that they've had a lot of stuff happen to them. And seeing how all of the cast just put this together in this film and even seeing the wrestlers at the cast as Ric Flair and as somebody who was Harley Race, who was one of the most iconic wrestlers of all time and putting them into this movie and how just even the story of wrestling goes because people see wrestling and it's like, oh, that's fake shit. Like they're like, that's just fake. You're thinking about like, you're going to be a world champion. Like it doesn't matter. It's just a fake title. But seeing how much it matters to your status in a company, it's like you're a singer and you won a Grammy. That's how it, it seems like for wrestler who is a world champion. It means everything to them. And seeing how Zach and the rest of the crew brilliantly acted in this movie and just seeing the tragedies that go with it and the, the dark side of wrestling, because it is pretty dark in general. Devon Eriks is one story, but there are many other stories of wrestling, as I'm sure if you are a wrestling fan know, Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero, the list goes on and on for all of the dark side of wrestling. It's dark. And seeing them put this into a two-hour and, like, what, 17, 18-minute film? Maybe a little bit shorter than that. And I agree, it should have been two hours and 30, because I think it could have went even deeper. And it was incredible. I loved it. I saw it with my friend Annette on Sunday, and I was so excited to see it. And just coming out of it was like, wow, that was really good. And my friend Annette does not watch wrestling at all, doesn't have any knowledge of it. And she was even like, that was amazing, you know, like seeing something like that to really to to an industry that is so hard for people who don't know about it and seeing it and loving it to somebody who has been a part of it. My cousin is a pro wrestler. Just seeing how that is, is just incredible. So Iron Claw, I'll let Mitchell talk about it more later because I know it's going to be on his list. I just have a feeling it's going to be there. So I'll let him I'll let him dive more into it because I know it's going to be up there. Uh, number three on my list. Uh, so switching with B2 here is Killers of the Flower Moon. Mm. I loved Killers of the Flower Moon. Again, you guys nailed it with your thoughts earlier about it. Lily Gladstone, she deserves the awards. And I'm sure as much as Emma Stone does, when I see poor things tomorrow, I'll throw a port back. But she deserves all of the flowers and the awards because she was so good in his movie leonardo was incredible de niro was incredible scorsese there's a lot of things that he says nowadays especially his marvel takes and there's a lot of things that he says but this dude can do no wrong when it comes to making films he is the man he it might be one of the goats when you think of movies you think of nolan you think of scorsese you think of uh, i would say maybe james gunn can also be in that conversation there's a lot of directors you can think of that are like when they make a movie, you're going to go check it out. That's how it is for me. And his movie is just incredible. And it's also bold doing a three-hour movie talking about, you know, Native Americans in, the in you know, the 20th century and how that all came about. It's a bold choice for a movie take. And I'm glad that he went down and told this story. That was so unknown. Um, Kills the Flower Moon, incredible. Again, I won't spend too much more time talking about it because we're going to be definitely diving into more of it in a bit. But... 
the top two top two here again this is the hardest top two of my life i've set this top two since july it hasn't changed but i kept going back and forth and i was like maybe i'm wrong here maybe this one should be number one i'm like maybe this is the this is the one i don't know and i think the reason why this movie is two is because i had not a bad experience but i could have had a better experience of seeing it the first time was oppenheimer it's number two on my list okay again as for context if you guys don't remember when i saw oppenheimer for the first time i just came back from korea i was battling jet lag i almost fell asleep during oppenheimer the first time i saw it because i was fighting jet lag i tried to barbieheimer it that day i messed up i really messed up i saw it two more times after okay i saw it in Dolby, I saw it in IMAX, and I saw it in IMAX 70 millimeter. The third time was the 70 millimeter. Oh my god! I don't think any movie like experience will top the 70 millimeter IMAX Oppenheimer. That was cinema. If you want to see cinema through and through, you see something 70 millimeter when it's available. That was top notch experience. I don't think anything's gonna top that as far as like watching a film it's different experiences like it's spider-man no way home and and like avengers in game like this different experience but as like seeing a movie in a theater in its best quality the sound imax 70 millimeter was incredible nothing's gonna top that oppenheimer i i again i don't want to spend too much time talking about it because i know it's going to be in our top three it's it's just going to be that for everybody so and Mitch is doing the shrug. I know it's going to be the top three. I know it is. I won't spoil it, but I know it's going to be the top three. We could put um, Blue Beetle in What there. an incredible movie. We could put Blue Beetle. It should be Blue Beetle. My top five is just nothing but Blue Beetle. It could be May, December. You never know. Like, yeah, it could be all DC listen, movies. Mitchell surprised me last year when everything ever all at once made his top ten. So, like, I, I can't. Anything's possible nowadays. <laughs> I oh, promise I don't man. have one of those up my sleeve. That was a lot of fun to do last year. So, number that one, was fun. <laughs> number one for you, Howie. Well, yeah. Number one, I guess it's easy to say, but Spider Man Across the Spider Verse is number one. I can't believe they made a movie better than Into the Spider Verse. Like, how? So Literally seeing so Into the Spider Verse, I'm like, this is cinema pure and through. And there's no way Across Spider Verse is going to be better. And it was in every way shape of the form like in mm, the acting was incredible the animation style was incredible i've seen this movie i think at least eight times now like i can't get enough of watching this it's so good every time it just hits when you want it to hit it's emotional it's action paced the cast was incredible just ah everything about it was just amazing and I can't even get enough of Spider-Verse. It's number one on my list this year. And again, this top four is so interchangeable. Like at any moment I could rewatch it and be like, oh, actually, those Flower Moon should be one. You know, any of these movies are just so interchangeable for me. So that is my top five. Spider-Verse takes home number one on mine. Well said, Howie. Well said. I uh we'll have some agreements, we'll have some disagreements, and uh <laughs> I'm just gonna go ahead and dive right in. And we have a lot of movies that are similar, so it's going to be kind of tough to talk about these, but I'll bring my own perspective. Number five mm -hmm. is Killers of the Flower Moon. 
Martin Scorsese brought it with this one. Let me tell you. You guys seem very surprised that I have things that fly really Five. And let me tell you, I thought about putting this at six because I loved Are You There, God? It's me, yeah. Margaret, that much. Ooh. But number five, Killers of the Flower Moon. I hate you guys because not <laughs> a one of you said the words Robert De Niro in either of your yeah, we did. reviews. No, we both yeah, did. We both, we both did. did. Yeah, calm down. I hate myself yeah. for being deaf. Yeah, and not said, I, said, I said De Niro said was that. as good as dicaprio if oh, not well, better. I, yeah. you know. I didn't go so deep i just did like a quick de niro yeah, like i gave him a quick nod because but personally i, I think de niro deep. gives the best performance yeah. in this movie you could argue oh, he's so good i think de niro Phenomenal. this is another one where i just cannot decide supporting actor is so stacked this year de niro yeah. gives the best performance i've seen from him in over a decade and because he has to play both sides of things he has to kind of give off a public appearance and he has to be kind of a shape that kind of a complete shady dick behind the Mob scenes to Di- yeah. like <laughs> dicaprio plays a dumbass so incredibly well after years and decades of being suave and whatever he was doing in django unchained that wasn't suave but you could tell that he was kind of smart, but just an ass. Yeah. This he just yeah. he he has to be, you know, the world kind of pulling one over on him. And Lily Gladstone again, uh, top level performance of this year. If she wins the Oscar, good for her. That it, it'll be well earned. This is some Jesse Plemons in yeah, limited screen time. You said something. Man to me always that hits. Really stuck out. Jesse Plemons does not pick bad projects. No, he doesn't. And, That's and, why and that I, man was great in this movie. He was great. Despite some, I don't know how Civil War is going to be, but I know that Jesse Plemons is going to bring his A game in that. And the fact that he's even in it makes me think, all right, apart from Battleship, you know, 12 years ago. Right. Jesse Plemons picks really good projects and really interesting prog- projects that challenge him and really stretch his range. So, uh, yeah, Killers of the Flower Moon, if you have not seen it, It'll be on Apple TV next week or maybe even Friday. I know at yeah. some point soon it's going to be on Apple TV. So if you didn't uh, see it in theaters because of the runtime, which is, I think, the thing that keeps it from being top three, I think it is yeah. a little long. It and is. I have so no problem first, with long the first movies, but. hour is tough to get through. See, yeah, for me, it's, it's the beginning of it where it kind of struggles a little bit. And then. I know a lot of people love the way it concludes. It didn't hit as hard for me as I wanted it to, but I, I appreciate a, Martin Scorsese yeah. for taking that shot. It's a very interesting like conclusion in the way they go about it. And um, I, you just have to watch it to like form your own opinion. Cause I, yeah, I'm not going to spoil that. Cause that's, that is just a very interesting conclusion. I have a lot of appreciation for what he did there. So even though if it didn't yeah. hit for me personally, I know there are people out there that it, it really did. So I, I can't be yeah, mad off. at that at all. Number four. Right. Brandon said he was going to beat my ass if this wasn't on this list, but it is Brandon. So put the boxing gloves away. The Iron Claw is here. Thank God. At number four. Uh, yeah, get, get, your, get your claws out. Uh, <laughs> this movie is going to be the most overlooked thing at the Oscars. Because it is, I yes. don't think it's going to get nominated for a single thing, and that is a travesty. 
Sean yeah. Durkin as a director. I have never heard of Sean Durkin before. I will be on the lookout for anything Sean Durkin does after this. I am not a wrestling fan at all. I think it's actually quite lame and stupid. But I, for someone who doesn't like wrestling, I sure as hell like a lot of wrestling movies between this and fighting with my family in 2019. Yeah. That was a great yeah. movie. And yeah. this is even better. Uh, Zach Efron. You're not going to get nominated for an Oscar. I'm just going to go ahead and say that right now. You're not. But I want, if, if Zach Efron hears one thing, well, I mean, geez, I'm sure he's heard much better things than my dumbass. But if he hears one thing this award season, I want him to know this. Leonardo DiCaprio brought a fabulous performance in Killers of the Flower Moon. A-grade stuff. And you were better. Yeah. I, want, I want Zach Efron to take that to heart. That I feel like everyone... Like Zach Efron wants people to take him seriously. That I know right that there. he's good with, that he's right good with the high school musical stuff. Yeah. And he's a charismatic guy and he's funny and he's been in all these different types of musicals and comedies. But I can tell that Zach Efron really wants to show off his dramatic chops. And, buddy, you did it. I, everyone should be yeah. taking you 100% seriously. Right. He's amazing. In this movie, it's, it's his one of the best, best performances of the yeah. year. It's one of the best performances By of the years. It's it's his best performance as an actor, full stop. Ever. ever, yeah. It might not be topped. Like this man transformed his body to do this role, and I don't think people are like yeah. talking about that enough. Like the way he looks is just like incredible too. Like he he pulls it off. It, yeah. It's just fantastic. Harris Dickinson is also very mm -hmm. good in this movie. as one of the other brothers. I'm a big Jeremy Allen White fan as someone who loves the bear. That's my oh, favorite TV man. show of yeah. the year. He was so good. My only complaint with my only complaint with him is I wish he had more screen time. Yeah. But yeah. that's that that's it because he's when he's on screen, he's incredible. Lily James is really good in this. I think she needs more attention. Colt McKelleny, uh as the dad. He plays such a good, like bad dad. Like such a good villainous yeah. dad. But I He's think they a do lot. a good job of not making – yeah, yes, he yeah. is bad. But right. they do a good job of not just making every single thing that he does, like, dastardly and evil. Yeah, yeah, like, you can definitely. kind of see what he's trying to do, but he's going about it in the complete wrong way. And another performance that I think deserves a lot more attention is Maura Tierney as the mom in this. Mm -hmm. Has a lot yeah. of time uh, – or not a lot of time. She doesn't have a ton of screen time, but though – scenes she has she's spectacular and this is something that yeah. brandon was telling me when we were booking our uh triple feature for thursday american fiction beekeeper and uh the book of clarence really looking forward to it brandon said there's only one show time for the iron claw and that's a real disappointment to me this movie just came out late december and it's already kind of on its way out of theaters it's something that i, I really wish more eyes were on and I get why. It's a really, really dark and depressing movie. And the last two minutes of this movie, good Lord, if you can keep your eyes dry during the last two to five minutes of this movie, you are a heartless bastard. Yeah. And I do not wish to know you. <laughs> so that's where I'll leave it with the Iron Claw. Number three. Every single movie on this list I love. But the top three movies on this list are movies that I'm going to carry with me for the rest of my life. Movies that I'm going to watch repeatedly over and over again. And number three is where we start with that, and that's The Holdovers. This movie is like if a warm hug 
was a movie. I thoroughly enjoyed this. I've seen this several times. It's on Peacock. It might be the most rewatchable movie of the year, as far as I'm concerned. Paul Giamatti in this. Again, if if Killian Murphy was just like not a thing, Paul Giamatti would be taking home an Oscar. Divine Joy Randolph yeah. is going to take home an Oscar. And Dominic Sessa, the whole thing about Dominic Sessa being someone that they just found while location scouting is about to become the new, did you know Viggo Mortensen broke his foot while kicking the helmet? Where it's just kind of something that everyone knows, but whenever you talk about this movie, you kind of have to bring it up. Where, hey, did you right. know that they found this guy while location yeah, scouting so I for the movie and he's this you, good? Because you told me that and I was like, there's no way. Like, he might be, I mean, out of sight of Jumaane, he might be the best part of the movie. Like, he, like, yeah, it's just incredible. He's another one that I really hope gets an Oscar nomination. Like, I know people really high on Charles Melton from May-December. He doesn't hold a candle to Dominic Sessa and the holdovers to me personally. I think he's great. I love the way that this story just keeps moving, but it never, and and it's such a personal story, but it always just feels like you're hanging out with these, this, this group of people over the holidays mm-hmm. and you're just getting to know them right. and you're just spending time with them the ups the downs the good the bad if you haven't seen it you owe it to yourself to do so i would recommend it in the month of december it's a, a, it's kind of a christmas movie and i wish that Peacock way more had of a christmas movie just than a die little hard, bit just so you know mitchell well, this joins Die Hard now as a list of of movies that I'm going to come back to. Uh, and, you know, I know what you're going for and, you know, you can suck it. Die Hard's a Christmas movie and so is The Holdovers. And they're both fantastic Christmas <laughs> movies that deserve to be watched by lots of people. I'm not going to acknowledge you. <laughs> Number two. All right. Now we're getting down to the nitty gritty. I had a lot of trouble coming up with which one was one. <laughs> and which one was two i went back and forth yeah. i really did stay up late just constantly i might i might change my opinion right now is it um, like the pam meme or is it like hold up the two pictures they're both the same like is it that no because <laughs> they're they both are the they, same picture they are very different but i will say before i announce my number two that this would be my number one in 2022 mm-hmm. it'd be my number one okay. in 2021 It'd be my number one in 2020. It'd be my number one in 2017. It'd be my number one in 2015. It'd be my number one in 2013. It'd be my number one in 2011. Yeah. So this is a movie that I hold in very high regard. And it would be very high most years. Actually, number one most years. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse taking the number two spot. And if you had told me that it would have been number two when I left that theater, I would have punched you in the throat because I have anger problems, apparently. So <laughs> this thing, my God, I loved Into the Spider-Verse, but I agree with Howie. I think this is better. I think that the animation style in this, they just were like, I I don't, I don't want to say I don't care if they were abusing the animators because I want the animators to have their rights and, you know, I want them to be able to see their families. And if that means that right. we don't get the part three for eight years because you give them more time, then that's what happens. But the animators went apeshit on this. They lost their damn minds <laughs> in the best way possible. Yeah. 
because this is the most beautiful movie I've ever seen. I loved looking at this movie. If I if I just watched the movie with a sound off, it would have been a top 10 movie of the year just from looking at it. But then right. you turn the sound on. And first, the score is incredible. Daniel Pemberton, you want to talk about somebody losing their mind in the best way possible. This was just, I mean, all should, the flowers should he in the win? world. He should win. Score, right? He won. I'll get to it. But he should. I'll get to it. <laughs> I love the fact that this movie opens with Gwen Stacy. And you don't yes. even see Miles Morales for about 20 to 25 minutes of this movie because it opens with Gwen Stacy who was very much a side character, a side character you liked and got to know a little bit, but a side character in that first movie. And by the end of the mm-hmm. first 20 minutes of this, I would die for Gwen Stacy in this movie. And then you keep meeting people. You meet, uh, you meet Spider-Man India. You meet, uh, why am I blanking on Daniel Kaluuya's character's name? Uh, Spider-Punk. Yeah, you meet Spider-Punk. And it, you, you get reacquainted with uh, with with Peter B. Parker. And right. I just love it. But it's about Miles and his family. I, I, It's such a good story about growing up. It's a story about discovering who you are. I, I'm at a loss for words. Yeah. It's a two and a half hour kids movie. Yeah. That's not a kid's movie. It's an animated movie. But the fact that... Bangs. But, but, but I, I, went, I went there, and every single time I went to see this movie, people were clapping at the end. They were surprised by the fact that it left off the way that it did. And Brandon, I do agree that the end of this, phenomenal. And I think it is great leaving off point. The spot... I love the development of yes, this character the villain. and how can he, we talk about the spot and how he goes He's a D character in the comics <laughs> and how he goes from being this goofy ass, not even a threat to the scariest thing ever. I love that. I thought yeah. that was fascinating to watch. Yes, it is very, you know, Hey, look at this over here. Look at this over here. It can be overload. It's all over the place. But, I think it's well told, well written, well executed overload that I've watched uh I watched five times in theaters and I've watched it twice since it came out on Netflix. Yeah. I have it on DVD. This is a movie I'm gonna come back to yeah. over and over and over again, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But you're number two. I mean it's hard. It's, it's hard. Let, it's hard. Let it's me a tough year. Work, buddy. Let work. Me t- work let me take a minute because i'm about to go off cook (laughs) the The number one movie of 2023 is oppenheimer christopher nolan you sick son of a bitch Mm -hmm. (laughs) my god this man I I don't even know what to say. Uh, this man is going to win Best Director because if he doesn't, I will. They should stop. Damage. They should stop the uh, all the award seasons and just all end of it, them. All it. of them. This is the best directed movie I think I've seen in the last at least since Damien Chazelle with La La Land. Mm-hmm. I think that's the only one that I can think of that's close. Christopher Nolan with Oppenheimer brought his A game. I would die for Christopher Nolan between 
Memento and Batman Begins and The Prestige and The Dark Knight and Inception and The Dark Knight Rises and Interstellar and Dunkirk and fuck you, Howie Tennant as well. This I was man about to say just consistently <laughs> brings his A game. I mean, he does name it with Oppenheimer. Miss. Name a miss. There isn't on, one. Tenet. There isn't I, one. I'd, I'd say, I'd say <laughs> no, I'd say Insomnia is not that great, but that's mm. 2002. We watch Insomnia. We watch it. I don't know. Oh, we will. Oh, Brandon, we will get to that. We will get to that. But Killian Murphy gives the best lead actor performance I think I've ever seen, at least in the last 20 years. This is an instantly iconic performance that should have him taking home a golden statue. What he does without saying any words cannot be taught. Robert Downey Jr. in this movie makes the most of limited screen time. I think that Florence Pugh is great. Emily Blunt definitely deserves an Oscar yep. nomination for this. Uh, Matt Damon, unbelievable. Uh, a lot of yep. performance. Uh, Dane DeHaan, really good as just a slimy weasel that, you know, I, I think he's done that in a few movies this year. Who's, who's Dumb the actor, money comes to mind. But. Yeah, who's the actor that you uh, always see in movies and you're like, that guy should get more roles. Like, that's how good he is. Jason Clark. Yep. Jason Clark is Roger Robb in this, and I haven't seen him in a whole lot lately. But this, he just brings every single thing he's got. David Krumholtz, unbelievably great. I loved Alden Ehrenreich. I mean, it's just just down the list of, like, great performances. Why am I blanking on the dude's name? Josh Hartnett. Yep. Another one. I, I need to see him in more stuff. Ludwig Göransson with the best score I've heard in quite some time. This man cooks. Ludwig cooks. I got scared. (laughs) I got scared when I heard that Ludwig Göransson was going to be taking over as Christopher Nolan's uh, composer because Hans Zimmer was doing Dune. Yeah, Hans Zimmer. And I'm like, Hans Zimmer with with Inception. I mean, he is the GOAT. And Interstellar and Dunkirk and the Dark Knight movies. I just don't know if those shoes can be filled. And Louis but Gorson, Ludwig's, Ludwig's backtrack was so good, though. Ludwig Gorenson like, looked at me directly in the face and said, <laughs> those shoes are tough to fill, huh? Fuck those shoes. <laughs> he said, bad. I don't need shoes. Took a piss in those shoes. <laughs> and proceeded to give us one of the greatest scores, I think, in the history of cinema with Oppenheimer. Yep. And Brandon, yep. this is where I feel like I really have to go off. Talk to him. The last scene of this movie, I'll never forget being in that IMAX theater after having been there for Barbie, being in there for Oppenheimer at 10.30 p.m. for a three-hour movie that was black and white for a lot of it, that was a lot of just people talking, and it was full. 10.30. Everyone knew they weren't getting out till 2. And the whole room was fixated on this. And Ludwig Göransson, Tom Conti is the actor that plays uh, Albert Einstein, Killian mm-hmm. Murphy, Christopher Nolan, and I'll credit Robert Downey Jr. as well because if it wasn't for his conversations, the, the ending wouldn't have the impact that it did. Deliver one of the greatest scenes, I think, in the history of movies at the end of this. The power that it holds... Yep. And just the terror that ran through my body watching the last scene of this movie. 
cannot possibly be replicated by anybody else but Christopher freaking Nolan. And I've got to give major credit to that. I When Christopher Nolan wins Best Director and this wins Best Picture, it's going to be the closest I've ever felt to hearing the words, the New York Jets win the Super Bowl. Because I have been <laughs> such a Nolan fan for so long, and his entire career he's, led to that so exact good. moment. So good. And so that right there took Oppenheimer to a whole new level. Because let me tell you, this thing was close. Spider-Verse on rewatch, it was angry. It wanted this. Right. But Oppenheimer, yeah. and, and up until that end, I thought maybe maybe Spider-Verse gets there. Maybe Spider-Verse so, takes yeah. it. And then they delivered the ending. Nope. Oppenheimer, number one movie of 2023. Yeah. So I, I didn't change my grade on um on my list because I wanted to kind of keep it like under wraps. Like, oh, they have the same grade. Like, we'll see which one. Um. Upon rewatch of Oppenheimer again for the fifth time, and Spider Verse for the fifth time, I think Oppenheimer's <laughs> as close as you can get to a perfect movie. Like it yeah. is that good. Um, I still think the scene in Spider Verse at the end, it just did something to me. But I can't argue against what you just said, Mitchell. Like, I think those two scenes are quite frankly, I think Oppenheimer's last scene and, and Spider Verse's last scene. I think those are some of the best last scenes I've ever seen in a movie. And I can't, I can't like, yeah. I can't back down from you saying that because the way Murphy looks at the camera and then the music is going behind him, and it just like, it continues to go like, it's almost like, what is it? Like a train in the background, just like chugging and chugging and chugging. Yeah. Like it is just so, so great. It's so awesome. And yeah, I mean, I'm glad so someone said it, Mitchell, like, because I agree that Spider Verse yeah. is like the best movie I've ever I've like seen, you know, since like 2013 or whatever it is. But Oppenheimer is like yeah. one of the best movies of the 21st century. Like it is just that good. It is just. That I'm with good. you on that, by the way. The fact that those were back to back were crazy. Yeah, that's. The but crazy I, you know what's crazy? Because I know you guys, I know you guys mentioned the ending scene for Oppenheimer. Which I again I, I completely agree with you guys, but I think of there's there's like a couple of scenes that I think stick with me the most. I think the nuke scene in Oppenheimer is the, I think it's the best scene in cinema history. Like if I'm being the, the honest, test? just oh, the just test the, yes, the test when you're sick. just when you're feeling it, like you're feeling anticipation, and you're like, first of all, because you're like this is not CGI, so how is this gonna look? <laughs> so you're like, okay, we'll see how this goes. And you just feel it, and then it just goes silence. It's silence for like mm. 10, 15 seconds. Mm -hmm. The anxiety just builds up in your body and then it just hits you. I'm like, this this is the pure, like, this is the best scene I have ever seen in my life. Yeah. <laughs> like that one is the one that hits me, I think. And I think the ending scene also has got to be top three for me. That the, one sticks the most to me. The speech that Oppenheimer gives after the successful detonation. Yes. Yes. For Nolan. Yes. That's just the one. In his, in, his, in his back. He's in his back. He's just pulling stuff out. He's just like, I'm, I'm yeah. just better than than everyone else. <laughs> better. Um, well, yeah, better than me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> better than Josh me specifically. Peck. Josh Peck pushing the button. A great, great performance. Great. Incredible. Love it. The, the fate of the universe Josh. was on Josh Peck. <laughs> oh man, I just what a movie. What a movie. Yeah, deserves it deserves number one for you guys. And again, like, it's either Spider Verse Oppenheimer. It's it's a close. It's a you can flip a coin. 
That's how close if it Mitchell is. Mitchell knows that I, I love Blade Runner 2049. I love 1917. Those might be the best movies that Mitchell and I have seen together. And Oppenheimer clears mm-hmm. it by, by a yeah. whole lot. Clears. Like, clears those movies. Clears. It's just that good. It's just that good. <laughs> You know, I'm gonna have, have a question for Mitchell because he mentioned with Spider Verse that that movie would be number one in different years. If you could say in the last ten years, if you're looking at your list from the last ten years, was Oppenheimer would it be number one in all of the past ten years? No. Yeah. You forgot There's how much this guy I... loves La La Land. There's two movies in particular, and they're both directed by the same guy. Weirdly enough. 2016 That's La crazy. La Land, 2014 Whiplash. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. So it would come number two those years, but it's close. So I'm with Mitchell on Whiplash. I'm not as with you on La La Land, but I I get where you, I get where you're coming from, and like that's where I think Oppenheimer is still one of the best movies of the 21st century because I, you just go like down the list from like 2023 all the way to 2000. And you just you won't find right. many movies that are better than than that movie. And if we're won't. going since 2010, yeah. also not 2010 because of Inception. Yeah, Inception's on its own yeah. like level. That's fair. Um, That's but fair. It's, Which this might be a better made movie, but Inception to me is just like it's almost like Nolan like, learned cool. from Inception and was like he's been building to this yeah, movie his entire built career. This. Yeah, it's just. He's, yeah. The thing is, is his career is far from over. Like, it's not like Tarantino where it's like, Oh, no. Yeah. He's going to keep going. Yeah. I can't wait. I, I want to know what he's doing next. I know he's what? talked about he wanted to do a so, James Bond movie, which I'm like, interesting. But, but I don't nah, know. Before, before we get to the bottom man. 10, Scorsese yeah. doing a Jesus movie for 80 minutes. What is going on? <laughs> <laughs> like, I knew that was going to come up at some point. I just think it's so funny. This man gives three hours to anything. And he's like, Jesus, cutting it off 80 minutes. I just can't go yeah. past I'm going to give three and a half hours to the Irishman. Jesus, you get hour 30. Nope, actually, you get 80. Yeah, yeah. I just think that's so funny. But, um, yeah. He's made several so movies crazy. about Jesus, though. So it's... No, fair, fair. Yeah. But, um... All right, bottom 10. We're going to start with bottom five. Okay. Because, Howie, I know you only saw, like, seven movies this year. Retired 41 41 movies not funny (laughs) 41 movies all right which is actually a lot for me um so i'm surprised i saw 41 i did see a lot of rewatches subscription you uh got your money's worth hey look you see one movie a month it pays for itself at least so 41's it's not bad we're doing pretty good there especially in new york city a little over three months yeah, yeah, it's not bad. I, I'm gonna do. I want to do better this year, but not too bad. Um, okay, bottom five here, because again, like I did not see as much as Mitchell and Brandon. The worst movie. I should I start the worst movie or the fifth worst? Worst your I, way up to the worst. Okay, okay, we'll start with the fifth worst movie, which is number thirty-seven on my list. Was Five Nights at Freddy's. Okay. This is this is Fair. this is up there. Okay, again, I love video game adaptations, but. This movie was fine. It wasn't awful, but it was just fine. There's not really much to say about it. Uh, it, it was, yeah. Fine as a Freddy. We'll just move on from there. Um, I saw this movie in December. The Equalizer 3. I saw it with my dad. And, yeah, this movie was bad. Like, I'm just, just going to be honest. I think it had parts to it that were really cool. But 
I just didn't understand the movie. Now, I, I think, think I'm just, on Hulu. It's on one of those. Yeah, yeah it is. It's, on it's funny because my dad, my dad loves buying movies digitally, and I don't understand why. But he is a digital tech digital movie. buying movie Please. guy. That's how he is. So when I was home, or I'm sorry, when I was at his house, I he had so many movies that were 2023 that he bought. And I'm like, Dad, you can wait for this to stream or go to the movies. I don't know if you like going to movies or whatever. But Eliza 3 we watched, and I was like, okay, this movie was not good. I There wasn't really much I liked about it. Um, why are we seeing old man Denzel Washington just murder people like this? I don't know. Anyway, going on from that, my... <laughs> No third worst movie, um, number thirty nine on my list. Um, probably one of the worst Marvel movies, Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Media. This one was definitely in the bottom five for me. Um, the only thing good about this movie was Jonathan Majors, and we all know what's going on with him. But that was literally the only thing. There was nothing else about this movie that I liked. Marvel was just not in their bag on this one. It was like King should have been just way better, and Jonathan Majors did a great job with it. But they just they butchered this movie. Um, Ant-Man movies. The first one was good. The last two were just not great at all. And they need to figure that out if they want to make more Ant-Man um, stories. Um, the second worst movie, and I don't even really remember this movie f- uh, fully, is Foe. Um, this movie was bad. Like, <laughs> there was, again, nothing good about this movie. You found a bad movie I that just, I didn't yeah. watch. So, yeah. Really. I, I, like, really I don't remember bad. much of it because it was just... I wanted it gone from my brain. I just did not enjoy Foe. Uh, but again, shout out to the cast for what they try to do with that movie. Sometimes the scripts just don't, they'll be hitting. Um, but by far the worst movie of the year is Expendables 4. What a joke of a movie that was. I Gosh. don't even want to get into it because I'm going to get mad. But I wanted to walk out so bad. Like watching this movie, I'm like, this is trash. So that's my bottom five. So I'll let you guys go ahead. But that's where I'm at. All right, uh, Brandon, do you want me to take this or do you want? Uh, go ahead, because we'll have overlap, um, or you'll have movies that wouldn't actually I be on. We, my... I don't think we no, will. No, I, I think you'll have movies that I won't technically have on my bottom ten, but I'll just like briefly mention what I think about them. All right, very, very, very brief, honorable Exorcist believer. You were trash. Insidious, the Red Door, you were trash. None two, you were trash. Awful movie. Saltburn, you weren't trash until the last like twenty minutes, and then you were trash. And then you people, whoa, you were trash. Yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. Saltburn in your bottom. I 10? mean, it's not in my no, bottom. That, that was honorable mention. Yeah, it's not in my Fair, bottom yeah, ten either. Was, oh, but oh. I hated that movie. It's one of it's one of the I like. I hate that movie the most out of every movie this year. Say, I was, say it with me at once. At I on it. Every directorial decision. decision in that movie was horrible. Just horrible, <laughs> horrible. I, that movie had I put so it number much, seventeen. Stop. That movie had so much it's number seventeen. And it just yeah. It just. I mean, if it hit for other people, good. But for me, nah. Like that just did not work. Not work. All right. Bottom 10 time. Number 10, Disney. You had a horrible, horrible, horrible year. And Haunted Mansion was yeah. awful. So bad. Uh, you had to drag my my guy, Lakeith Stanfield, down into your mess. How <laughs> dare you? How dare you make Lakeith Stanfield de- degrade himself uh, to the level of being in this movie? Uh, this was a movie that it felt like no one gave a damn about. And they made sure to let you know by putting in as many brand names as possible. It was mm. weird. It just awful movie honestly should have been a direct to disney plus movie and should have been yeah yeah, that's what it deserved number nine 
Disney, welcome back. You had a horrible, horrible, horrible year, and you decided to tank one of your biggest commodities with Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. My God, this thing was so bad. I was on board with the MCU. If, you know, 2022, I started off my best list with, you know, Black Panther Wakanda Forever was really, really good, and the MCU, you can't be doing that bad if you have movies like this going on. Well, you follow that yeah. up with Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, and you lost me immediately. And you haven't gotten me back since. This thing was atrocious, and it doesn't really mean anything. Because Jonathan Majors happened, and you blew it. Number eight, Disney, welcome back. You had a horrible, horrible, <laughs> horrible year. and The mouth's going to get you, okay? <laughs> and you made me sat through a movie that had me go... Was Indiana Jones in the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull the worst Indiana Jones movie? And I still think it is, but the fact that I had to ask myself that question, and that I think it's debatable, shows you just how bad Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny is. Oof. This thing stunk to high heaven when the most interesting part of the movie is a blatantly de-aged Harrison Ford at the beginning mm -hmm. going on some treasure hunt. It's not good, I almost and it gets it worse. And I wish I could, because it is a yeah. long. Yeah, it's a long. Movie. It is long. I was in a theater on opening night with like six other people, which lets you know that this franchise is done. Number seven, Disney. All right, well, this isn't technically Disney. It's technically Fox, but Fox is owned by Disney, so I'll give you some blame for it, and that's the boogeyman. This is a horror movie that had no scares whatsoever, bored me to tears. I wanted to leave this one so bad. It was my first F of the year. I had no fun watching The Boogeyman at all. Number six, Disney. Again, not technically, wow. but you own Fox Searchlight. And Fox Searchlight really usually makes a lot of interesting independent movies. You made poor things with, with, uh... with Searchlight this year. But he also made next goal wins. Mm. Yeah. Taika Waititi. Talk about a fall from grace. Oh, my God. I defended Thor Love and Thunder. I will not defend you for this. This was a complete waste of time. The first 30 minutes were ha having me thinking, this is going to be bottom two. And then it, it picks, picks things up a little bit. But everyone in this movie feels miscast, especially Michael Fassbender, who was actually horrible in this, as far as I'm concerned. But Taika Waititi, the problem comes back to you. And for someone who made Jojo Rabbit, this was a uh, drop-off that I did not see coming. Number five, Disney, I'll give you a break. You're not going to make another appearance on this, so congratulations, it's out of the way. However, he kind of contributed to this because superhero movies took a giant drop-off in 2023. And I think... By the time Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom came out, no one really expected anything good. And we didn't even get average. We didn't even get bad. We got atrocious. This movie deserves more hate. This is really, really bad. This is the worst DC movie. Yeah. Think about that. This, or this is my least favorite, at least, DC movie. I hate this more. Over Wonder I, Woman 1984? Over Wonder Woman 1984. I, 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 can, wow. I, can, I can put up with Wonder Woman 1984. Let's put it that way. Yeah, Wonder Woman 1984 at least had a few moments where I'm like, maybe, maybe. Aquaman right. had nothing. I thoroughly hated this movie, and it made me want my money back, and I didn't pay anything to see it. So, number four, 
makes me feel a little bad because some people thought this was funny and that's joyride mm. i thought this was an incredibly unfunny movie uh stephanie sue um this is one way to follow up uh, everything everywhere all at once uh she has the most embarrassing scene i've seen in movies in the last five years in this it's quite painfully unfunny and then it takes a turn that is the dumbest thing i've ever seen it's it's really bad and there are a lot of people that really like it but i think it was just like frat boy humor but for girls and that doesn't make it better it's just still dumb and i i couldn't get down with this number three meg to the trench i love or not love that's too extreme i had a lot of fun with that first meg movie it's dumb as hell but i enjoyed myself this one was boring as shit and i never want to see it again number two five nights at freddy's um the fact that there are people defending this movie lets me know that we have a large idiot population in the united states of america and I'm not sure what to think about that, but there are just, way too many people taking up for this movie that has not a I damn thing they played the going game. on in it. I just think they yeah, played well, the game and they like the fan service, and the fan service was not going to work for anyone who didn't play the game. Go meet someone of the, the opposite sex or uh, the same sex look, if you're into that. I, I don't even just hate, meet somebody. I don't hang hate, out with people. I don't hate the actress, but the cop is the worst character. One Horrible. of the worst characters. She's she is atrocious. Hey, she's from you. You watch no, your no, mouth. I like <laughs> her as an actress. I liked her in yeah. you. Yeah. I hate her in this. Yeah, yeah. she's she awful. She was atrocious. But so was Josh Hutcherson, and I know Josh Hutcherson can act. Well, but he's got nothing to work what, with in this. You they know just what? You have can, him, like yeah, Go they ahead. have him doing grade Q Inception in this. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say you can. That's hilarious. If people have seen the movie, that's that's what it basically is. But um, it's so bad. But it's so uninteresting. They've already greenlit uh, a second movie, so get ready, Mitchell. All right. Well, it made right. what seven hundred million in the box office yeah, or something. No, like they should have greenlit a second movie. Like, I mean, yeah. I mean, apparently people are gonna go see it. I'll be there day I mean, one, regardless. It's crazy no that people, It's crazy <laughs> that people went to go see it when it was on Peacock. Like. Yeah, I saw it on Peacock, by the way, yeah. so I felt good not contributing to the box office. Like, that's crazy. Number one, Howie, we're on the same page with this one. Expend Four Bowls is the worst movie of the year. This is a movie that it's very clear no one gave a shit about. They just said, let's put some money in this. Um, we're not shooting on location at all. We're going to do green screen. And, you know, our green screen guy is kind of off, so we're going to have... We're going to have Bob over here who just, he, he fills the printer with paper. We're going to have him handle the, the green screen and effects for this. Uh, he's never yeah. worked with any yeah, computer system before, so I'm sure it won't be good. Yeah. And it wasn't. Uh, Sylvester Stallone and what he did in this movie made me want to like, I, I, I didn't scream, but when I saw what they did with his character at the end of this, there's only like one other person in the theater, so I didn't feel bad. I audibly went, man, fuck you. Like I, I, I was so upset with what they did with this because Sylvester Stallone. Fuck it, I'm spoiling this. I don't care. Uh, please do, Brandon. Have you? No, have you I seen haven't. Expendable but please Bulls? do. Okay, so your top, your bottom ten's invalid. So okay, I mean not really, but okay. <laughs> Sylvester Stallone dies in the first like ten minutes of the movie, and he's like burned alive 
except he's not. He replaced that with just a random person and had him burn to death while Sylvester Stallone was trying to recover a lucky ring and came back to be the good guy to save the day. He didn't want to be here for this movie because he knew it was terrible, but he still wanted to be the hero at the end of it. Oh, he still wanted worse, the credit now for saving me. the day. Yes, it's so bad. It made me angry in ways that movies don't make me angry anymore. That's like but that is my on number one worst movie of the year. The, this is like click on that link to go see the end of this movie. Like that surprise, is... bitches! Yeah. I have a number zero movie. I wanted of the year. to walk out. He has a number zero. I wanted to walk out then. I have a number zero. Like whatever, movie whatever of the year. he died. Expensive. When he died, I wanted to walk out then. I was done. I was like, I don't want to watch this now. Expendables <laughs> is my number one worst movie of the year, but I have a number zero because Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey is not a movie. Fair. Winnie the, fair. the Pooh, Blood fair. and Honey is not something that should be quantified as art. Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey is just shit that happens and was there. Winnie the Pooh was just someone had an I idea. I forgot you were doing this. Idea. That is incredible. Winnie the Pooh. I told you I was. I had something planned for my Winnie the I Pooh. Forgot, I forgot. I forgot. It's credible. This was just a movie that happened. Yeah. It was yeah. just people got together and that whole thing of like, well, Disney uh, lost the the uh, IP domain. of you know yeah. Mickey Mouse, so we're gonna have Mickey Mouse killing people or humping things, and it's just like, really, that's your idea. That's where you want to go with this. You uncreative ass. No. <laughs> Movies in that genre of, hey, Steamboat Willie, the IP expired. Let's make a movie of him shooting up a school or something. No. Don't do that. Have ideas. Okay. That's not an idea. Yeah. That's a badly told joke in third grade. So that's my number <sighs> zero movie. God. Well, okay. I, yeah, I'll work my way down. Because, um... can Actually, can we give to the Stallone thing real quick? Because... So they kill him off, and then he just comes back, and he's the hero. Yep. He comes back at the very end, saves them. I, yeah. I'm going to see this movie just so I can yeah. put it, like, correctly in my bottom ten. But that Please sounds do. like that sounds like it would have been, like, my second worst movie of the year or third worst movie of the year. That, the, that I wanted like, to walk out then. I literally saw, I was like, I don't want to see this movie It sounds now. like, like Stallone, that, that was the only reason. Stallone was just like, oh, I want to be a hero of the movie. And, and then they were just like, all right, put, fuck it, he's not dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Reverse it, hold on. Um. So, yeah, I, I'll do my bottom ten real quick. These are movies that I gave, Um. yeah, I, I'll do my bottom ten. I I'll just touch on movies that you touched on. Um, this is more like a bottom 20, but I think it's important um, just to people know. Um, these are movies I gave Ds and below, or like D minuses and below. Um, the Shift, Ant-Man, Quantumania, Indiana Jones, um, Next Goal Wins, My Big Fat Greek Wedding 3, bad, bad, bad movie. Um, the Family Plan. I'm glad that was on streaming and I didn't go see that in theater because what a waste of time. Um, the Nun 2, uh, 65, Saltburn, uh, Rebel Moon Part oh, 1. 65. Yeah, Rebel Moon Part 1. And then um, and then we start cooking at a, at a Oregon Trail. <laughs> Oregon Trail is uh, where I'm at um, on this move on this list. Uh, not even a bottom 10 movie of the year for me. Like, actually, you know, I got through it and was like, you know what? They killed a bunch of people. It didn't look good. Whatever. It was better than Haunted Mansion. Um, and that's how bad Haunted Mansion was. 
And then um, Five Nights at Freddy inside. Um, if you haven't seen inside, watch the first 40 minutes and then turn the movie off because there's no point in watching the rest of it because it's William Defoe trapped inside a penthouse for two plus hours. Um, if you want to watch a William Defoe character uh, act or, or like, I don't know, do his thing, then watch it. But I felt cheated by sitting there watching him for two plus hours. Um, Meg 2 is uh, my <laughs> 11th worst movie of the year. Um, so I agree with you on Meg 2. Uh, just absolutely awful. Um, and that tells you how bad the Haunted Mansion was, that Oregon Trail is above it. Um, Oregon Trail, not Oregon, by the way. Oregon Trail. It was a play on words. Get it? And they're so, it was so bad. It was so bad. Oh, okay. Uh, bottom 10. Mitchell's going to make fun of me because nobody saw this movie. I saw this movie. <laughs> old Dads. Bill Burr. What are we doing? What are we doing? Kevin Hart is in this movie. Just downright awful. You know what? I'm not even going to waste time. Google it. I don't care. Old Dads. <laughs> um... A movie that Mitchell should have saw because, quite frankly, you know, I saw going around on Twitter, John Cena cooking a little bit with Peacemaker season two, Ooh. you know, cooking a little. I heard this was like, bad. Like a movie that he wasn't cooking in, Freelance. Now, they start this movie. I do not care about this spoiler. They start this movie. They have a scene. They go through all this scene. And then a baby gives John Cena a CGI middle finger right up at his face. And that is a directorial decision they decided to make. And it goes downhill from there. 100%. Oh, then you'll hate Expendables. Oh, <laughs> I, that's, I'll tell you, it's going to be one of my worst movies of the year. Um, that, that plays into that too. <laughs> oh, it does? Oh, that's that's amazing. Yeah, uh, so just yeah, wait. Freelance. Um, yeah, one of the worst movies of the year. Um... It's a wonderful knife. One hundred and twenty-six on my ranking. Man, um, I actually didn't like absolutely hate it. Um, I thought maybe I was gonna die like halfway through because you know, someone just randomly <laughs> walked in and I was like, "Why is someone coming to see a wonderful knife?" And they have like a an army like duffel bag with them. Like, am I about to like? Lose my life here. Um, didn't happen. I'm still here. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> thanks for clarifying. I didn't know. But <laughs> it's a wonderful knife. Not good. And it, by the way, it's not. It's a not wonderful, wonderful life. It's a wonderful knife. Uh, is the is the uh, title of the movie. a wonderful knife? Yeah, it's a wonderful knife. Get it? It's a Christmas movie about horror. So there you go. Don't um, see movies based on puns. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Um, Aquaman. Uh, Mitch already covered it. Bad movie. Um, I honestly might be past. I don't. I think I'm at ten. So yeah. So uh, let's uh, let's just go ahead. Um, what happens later? I walked out. It's so bad. I walked out. Ooh. Uh, just a terrible rom com. I just did not like any of the decisions in it. Um, Google it. I'm not gonna waste people's time. Um, <laughs> just a terrible, 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 terrible movie. I actually walked out of it. To go see It's a Wonderful Night. So, uh, what a great... Oh, you so you walked out of two movies. <laughs> what a great bad bad movies back-to-back. Um, let's see. Um, <laughs> not going to touch on this for much. Uh, it's Bruce Willis's uh, last movie, apparently. Um, Assassin. Just 
not good, not not great. Um, you could tell like Bruce Willis isn't there. Um, yeah, they just didn't give him a lot of lines either. Um, it's kind of it's kind of sad, honestly. Um, I I was actually excited to see it because there's Bruce Willis, and then I started I got like halfway through and was like, oh, I could see why this has like a 19% on Rotten Tomatoes or whatever it is. Like it's just mm-hmm. yeah, just not a good movie. Um, Mitchell's gonna make fun of me because this is one of those smart to toothbrush uh, old movies. Um, uh, War of the Worlds: The Attack. Um, is yeah, straight to smart fridge movie. Straight to smart fridge movie. Um, I was actually excited because I like the War of the Worlds. Um, I was just watching it to like watch it. Um, it's definitely like a like the it's book. Def- yeah, yeah. I mean, it's definitely like a fan a fan made <laughs> film. Um, honestly, the shots are not that bad. Like, if if Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey could do anything, like they should like learn from this movie. You know, as like this is how you make a like a fan film. Um, it's still not a good movie, but you know, it, I, it's better than some. <laughs> and so we get to my bottom three. Um. Back on the Strip, number 131 for me. Um, I thought this movie was about, like, magicians. The guy is a magician. <laughs> Turns out this movie's about strippers. Um, I did not walk out. I stayed <laughs> through it. But, my God, it was a bad movie. Yeah, we're not going to waste people's time. Um, I saw this one on Peacock, number two, uh, The Price We Pay. Um, it, think Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, but the budget was bigger. Um, that's what the price we pay is. Um, it, the, a horror movie that's just the price they paid for that. Yeah, yeah, the price we paid for that. Um, just, just terrible. He says it. Then yeah, he just bounces absolutely. off. Absolutely, I'm back. I'm back. Unstable connection because it was so bad. Um, yeah, I'm gonna wrap this up. Uh, Mitch already covered it. Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey is not even a movie. Shouldn't be considered a movie. I knew it was going to be bad. I saw it for the sole purpose of saying that I have seen it. Um, it's not me hating. I think fan films should be made. But do not do this ever again. Do not do something like this ever again. And uh, yeah, one of the worst things I've ever seen with my own eyes. And I've seen all three centipede, uh, human centipede movies. So there you go. A scathing indictment from Brandon to wrap up the best and the worst lists of 2023. Howie, Brandon, thanks for going to the movies in 2023 and making this list possible. I think we put out a lot of movies that if you haven't seen, go check out. Or if you haven't seen, stay away from. Like Brandon recommended with Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. Next up, at some point, either later this week or somewhere around the weekend brandon and i are going to start our our review series with now you see me and now you see me too excited to dive into those with you brandon for brandon too and howie collings i'm mitchell lee thanks for listening to press play action on jersey nerds productions and hope you had just as good of a time at the movie theater in 2023 as we did yeah